Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Hey everybody and welcome back to Business Growth Secrets. Got something really, really cool this week. We have recorded a 24 minute long, totally content full business Q&A. So we had different questions coming in from TikTok. We had different questions coming in from Instagram. We had questions coming in from all over, from different clients and business owners that wanted a bit of help. And there's really cool stuff covered from marketing to business and so much more. So what I want to do, it's on YouTube, but I've decided to take a bit of the audio and share that with you because I think it'll be massive content full for you. So hopefully you really enjoy listening to this quick Q&A that's going to be going on for this week's podcast. I'm sure it's going to add a ton of value to you. And of course, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure you give us a five-star review. So thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoy today. I'm sure you're going to love it. You're going to learn about mindset. You're going to learn about raising capital. You're going to learn about sponsorship. You're going to learn about marketing. You're going to learn about sales and so much more. So make sure you stay tuned throughout the whole episode. Give us your feedback, all your questions in the comments, and I hope you enjoy. So first question from Sam Craig. How do you become resilient and develop a business mindset? So it's kind of two questions, become resilient or develop a business mindset. I think a business mindset, what did I do right in the beginning? If I go back to the beginning before I started any business, before I had any experience, I started to read a lot and I read every single business autobiography I could possibly find. I was starting to put myself in the world. One of the first ones, which is quite controversial that I ever read, was the Donald Trump's one called The Art of the Deal. You know, and it kind of got me into the mindset of someone that was going out there doing business every single day. Then I went on to read Alan Sugars, then I went on to read Richard Branson's, and I just read every single different entrepreneur's business books. And more recently, I still do it to this day, I read really cool books all the time. I was reading a book um, by about the founder of WeWork the other day as well, which is a real controversial story. But why do I tell you this? Because you're asking about how do I get into a business mindset. Best way to get into a business mindset is get into business conversations. Start to understand the world, start to immerse yourself in it. If you're interested in it, just throw yourself in and start to learn. So many different resources. Watch videos like this, you know, make sure you're subscribed, you watch every single week. You're then involved in business conversations. You're gonna to start to find yourself picking that business mindset up bit by bit. And really, you're exactly right in terms of saying, how do I get into a business mindset? Because a business mindset is something that's cultivated over a time, and you just start to make these decisions naturally because you know the right way versus the wrong way. 
So I would say read loads, read articles, read magazines, get yourselves onto um, some books, get your head into some books and start to uh, read those, enjoy the stories, watch these kind of videos, and then get yourself to some, to some events. If you really want to sharpen up your business mindset, um, our three-day event, Business Growth Secrets, is immense. Um, and that, you'll be in a room filled with entrepreneurs talking business, and you'll really start to see those ideas thrive. So hopefully that helps you there, um, Sam. And the second part was how do you become resilient? Well, resilience is built up from experience. So when we first start off, you know, it's gonna hurt when somebody says they don't want your product. It's gonna hurt when somebody says they don't wanna do business with you. It's gonna hurt when you don't quite get the deals that you wanted to do and, you know, and the things don't quite go right for you. It's gonna hurt a little bit in the beginning. But that resilience builds up over time just by being out there and being in the mix and having those conversations and doing business. And eventually, you just realize, I mean, there's no one that I can't answer the question and build your resilience in the question. You've got to go out there and get it done, right? If you're afraid of selling, go and sell. If you're afraid of marketing, go market, right? If you're afraid of meeting people, go meet people. The best way that you can build up a resilience is by walking into your fear rather than away from it. So this question from Pravji at Atwell says, how do I become a better team leader? When I first started out leading people, it was difficult. You know, when I first started out managing people, it was difficult. One of the things that I would say is that people always get with me is a straight conversation. And I think people appreciate that. I think the quicker that you can stop dancing around subjects and be direct, the better communication becomes, the easier it becomes. So I would say start to be more direct, be more open to having straight conversations. And remember, you've got two ears, you've got one mouth. So use the two ears to go and listen to what your people have to say, uh, listen to their needs, and really start to listen rather than being the person that's always out there talking. Because if you use your two ears and you start to listen to what people need, it comes naturally, the leadership, you can direct people closer towards their goals a lot, lot, lot quicker. So in terms of leadership, remember to listen. And remember, when you have to have a conversation, don't dance, be direct, um, be friendly with it. A lot of people can't be direct without offending people, but I like to try and be direct and have a conversation and just tell people how it is, but do it in a nice way. And I, find, I think if you can master that skill, everybody knows where they stand, things become a lot easier, a lot quicker. Okay, everybody, so this is a really good question, this one, really, really good. It's from Sam again, and it says, if you had to start again with only 10,000 pounds, no more, no less to invest, what would you do? So first of all, 10,000 starting again from the very beginning, I would start a business. You know, with 10,000 pounds, you're not gonna make a massive dent in any type of property, right? In a property company. So I'll be looking to invest 10,000 pounds in the business, in actual business, that's the first thing that I would do. There's no point going and investing 10,000 pounds in shares in Forex, not enough to go and make sort of money and build off of for the long term. So I would start a business, that's number one. Number two, what would I do? I would look at starting a service-based business. If I only had 10,000 pounds, I wouldn't be interested in going to start a business that requires me buying stock or a retail premises that I've got to drive people in, because frankly, 10,000 pounds is not enough to fund it up. 
So we're gonna have to start differently. I'd start a service-based business. So it would be providing a service for other people. Uh, frankly, knowing what I know now, I would go into the coaching industry um, because I think it's the one of the best and fastest growing industries there is out there. You know, it's the information. People want information, they're willing to pay for information. So I would go into that industry again. That would be the first thing that I would do. And if let's say you're watching right now and you're saying, well, what should I do? Look at what you already know look at where you're advanced, look at what intellectual property you're, you've got and see if there are people in the market that want to purchase that from you. Because at the end of the day, there's stuff that you know that other people want to learn. And if you can teach that to people, they're going to pay you good money for it, right? So that's the way I would say that you look at it. So I'd start a business, I'd go into the information business, I'd definitely make sure it was a service that I was going to offer and I would use the £10,000 that I had to start off with. I would go, I'd get my Facebook pages up, I'd get my Instagram pages up, I would get myself into a place where I had some presence. I wouldn't bother with a website because there's no point, I've only got £10,000. So I'd go and start a landing page, I'd go and click funnels and I'd build up a landing page to get people to go and like literally be able to land on. And then I would start making videos. I would go out, start making videos, having conversations, sharing the knowledge, sharing the results that I can help people with, talking about those results. Then what I would do is I would spend either a little bit of money getting those videos out with ads to the masses. Alternatively, I would run a campaign to get followers so they could see the actual videos. And then I would start talking to people through my Facebook, through my Instagram, directing them into the landing page. And what I'd probably do if I was very limited on money is I'd probably hold a webinar weekly or a Zoom meeting weekly where people come on, they could meet with me, I could go and start the relationships, have the conversations and tell them about the new product that I've created that can help them to get the result they want. Now in all of that, I've not even dented 10,000 pounds. I've probably spent under a thousand and very, very quickly from that thousand pound spend, I'd have a presence online, I'd have a landing page online that was collecting information, I'd have conversations out there in the marketplace, I'd have a meeting where I can get people to, and I would straight away be making more sales before I'd even dented into my 10,000. So how does that sound? Is that a pretty good answer for you? All right, because we'd be making money straight away off offering the product to start with. And then I'd go and reinvest that in more ads so I could get more people on, so I could serve more people, so I could help more people. And before you know it, it'll be at six figures, no time flat. So there's your answer to that one, Sam. Hopefully you like it. So I've got this one in from Kandreep Singh Badwell. It says, how do you deal with people who try to slate your name in business out of jealousy to the point where potential clients might avoid you? Well, how do I deal with it? I don't deal with it. I just don't give any time or any attention to anybody that's negative. If anybody's got anything negative to say, block, move on, forget it. Very, very simple. You know, you're not gonna please everybody. And if you are pleasing everybody, it's because you ain't speaking to enough people. And if you are pleasing everybody, it's because you're not putting your opinions across enough. So the reality is this, is don't give your time, don't give your attention to anything that is negative. The quicker that you can literally push it away and move on, the better. And you know, it's been worded in a way that it sounds like you might have had a little bit of that at the moment. It's very difficult to put yourself in a, in a place I do understand that, especially at the beginning of your journey, it's very difficult to walk away from people saying things. I always remember a bit of advice that I was given. When two idiots are arguing, no one knows who the idiot is, right? And that's the reality. So if, you, if you're sitting there arguing with somebody, who's right, you right or they right? It doesn't really matter. Everybody just looks and thinks these two people are having an argument, they're both idiots. 
right? So the best thing that you can do is move yourself away, ignore it, don't embrace it, and crack on, start talking to the people that wanna do business with you, that wanna hear from you, and don't worry about what anyone else has got to say. If you give people that have got negative things to say, time and attention, it's gonna drain your energy, it's gonna drag you down, it's gonna make you feel no good, and it's gonna waste your time, and it's gonna put you into a negative mindset, which you don't need. So walk away, move on. That's the way I deal with it. So next one, I've got a three-part question from Rach uh, Bricknell. Um, says, how to find investment is the start of the question. Now again, assess whether you need investment. I just answered that question. I've told you how, if I only had 10,000 pounds, what would I do? What would I create? What would I go out and offer? And in under a thousand pounds, you can build a six-figure business, right? So assess first of all, Rach, whether you do need investment. Is that something you actually need to bring in? How much do you actually physically need? What are you gonna spend the money on? So a lot of people say they need investment, but do you really need investment? Not always, right? And I think that's really um, important to understand. So the first question is why do you need the investment? What are you gonna spend the investment on? Then in terms of how do you go and find it, well, we've got to understand if we've got a business, and obviously I don't know where you're at, but if you're real early stages and you're right at the beginning, angel investors, venture capital investors, aren't gonna to wanna to invest into an idea that's right at the beginning stages. So you're gonna be looking at more like banking finance. So you're gonna be going out there talking to the bank. And if you have got a limited company, it's right at the start, or your business is right at the start, you're probably not gonna get funding on a business that isn't trading. So when it comes to investment, usually in the beginning, the person that has to put the investment in is the business owner. Right, so I think it's important to understand that. And a lot of that time, it's gonna come from your personal credit. Either you investing into the business by going and getting a loan, you investing into the business by using a credit card, by using your savings, whatever it is. That's how I started my business. It's how most people start their businesses. The initial investment's gonna come from the business owner. So so to make sure you don't waste any money, go and figure out how much money you need to invest in in the beginning, and how long that's gonna last you, what you're gonna use it for, and make sure you pitch yourself like you would an investor. So you're like, right, okay, so I need to go and get 25,000 pound loan. This is what I'm gonna use it for. This is what I'm gonna return myself. Now you're gonna feel a lot more comfortable putting that investment in. And that would be the start. Secondly, what I would then do is I'll start trading, start selling, start getting your business moving, start getting clients for your business. And then you can look at when you've got a proven business model, do I need to go and pitch a venture capitalist, angel investors? Do I need to take this to the bank? Do I need to get an overdraft? And you can go into the next stages. So hopefully that helps you, Rach. Um, and that was the first question of how do I find investment? The second one is how do I approach retailers? Well, you approach retailers by going out there, getting the product ready, and actually going out and having a conversation. That's the old way of doing it. The new way of doing it is grow a social media following, get people to realize that you're there, that people like what you've got, people like what you offer, and then straight away you can go to your social, go to your retailers and say, hey, look, I've got 50, 60, 70,000 people on social, following me on social media. They love my product. I'm sure you'd love it too. I'd love to come and see you then you're gonna get a much better entry into the door by having that type of uh, conversation. Which leads me on to Rach. Rach is very greedy with her questions. You've got three. How do I get into publications with my products? Exactly the same way. Build your social media following, use that as leverage, go to the media company, say I've got 50, 60, 70,000 people that love what I do. I'd love to come into your publication and talk a little bit about my journey. And people are gonna be a lot more interested in that if you've already proven what you're doing at a social media level. That's kind of, remember this, your social media is your media channel. If you want other media to cover you, well get your media right first. And then a lot of other media are gonna be much more interested in covering you. 
So there you go, answered all three questions, proper quick fire. Hopefully that helped you, Rachel. How do you switch to a new industry when you have no experience in that industry, but you also need to maintain a certain salary as you have a mortgage, a young family, and many financial commitments? Well, it's a good question. And it's something that everyone looking to make the switch out of being employed to becoming a business owner has to go through. Gotta make sure you've covered that and you cover yourself and you cover that salary and those overheads that you've got. And you're mentioning there that you've got to switch to a new industry. So what I would say here is, um, if you're looking to go and start in a business in an industry you don't know, you haven't worked in, you're not familiar with, I think that you need to go and do a bit more um, you need to go and get some experience in that industry. That's the first thing you should do. Before you go and start a business and go and conquer the world in it, you need some more experience in it. You need to see behind the scenes. I always remember my dad told me when, when my dad was younger, he went out and bought some cafes. And the first thing he did is he went and worked in those cafes for several days for free to actually just get a feeling whether he actually liked it before he went into that type of business. And I think it's something that people should do. You should go and make sure that you enjoy what you do. When I made the switch from being in automotive to being in coaching, speaking, education and information, I was already a fan of the product. I'd been in, I'd been on every course going, I'd invested in myself, I'd had coaching, I'd had mentoring, I knew I loved it. So it was really easy for me to make that transition. But if you don't know you love something, why would you go and start a business in it if you don't even know you like it yet? So I would say, how can you either get some part-time work? How can you do some extra hours? How can you do a few hours a week? Or how can you you know, immerse yourself in that kind of environment before you make the leap to go and start a business there? It's only gonna help you. It's only getting you to understand the industry better. And that would be my first step of the advice. The second step of the advice would be, start off as a side hustle. Right? After you spend a bit of time working in that environment and you start to get there and you've, you know you love it, you know you're passionate about it and you're like, hey, I love this. This is what I love to do. Create a product or service, go and sell that part-time, get some extra income coming in so you can actually look to start to replace your income that you've got. You're saying, I've got this salary, I've got this job, I've got this mortgage, I've got family commitments. Well, hey, you know, I'm sure your family's gonna understand you starting a business on the side, going out, making a bit of extra money for the family especially if it's something that you're passionate about. Now what you can do is you can start to build that income up so you can replace that salary and you can make that leap without having the problem. So start off as a side hustle and sort of you know build up until you can replace that income so you can make that leap or you can at least get close to replacing that income. So you know, you get to this point where it's like, hey, right, I'm doing this on the side. I'm spending six hours a week doing it. I'm earning two grand a month doing it. And in my job, I earn five grand a month, let's say whatever the numbers are. Well, currently I'm only spending a few hours a week doing this. I'm spending 40 hours a week doing this. If I were able to you know, spend 40 hours a week doing this, would I be able to make more money? If the answer is yes, now we can take that leap, we can make that move. So hopefully that makes perfect sense to you and best of luck with your transition. Comes from Jean-Pierre de Twit. Got a cool name there, Jean-Pierre. <laughs> What's the best way to go about raising capital for our startup business and how do we really hook them in? Now, I don't know whether you're talking about hooking in the funders here or hooking in the clients here. So I'm gonna answer the, the question. We'll answer the first part of the question in more detail. What's the best way to go about raising capital for our startup business? I answered this a little bit earlier for Rach and we, we talked a little bit about it, but I'm gonna give you a bit more depth now. When I started my first ever business, I knew that I wanted to start a business. I knew that I wanted to grow a business, but what I also knew is that I was paid a salary and I had lots of bills 
to the route going. So I was going to struggle. I had my mortgage and everything else. Like that. I was going to struggle to go and start a business. But I knew that I wanted to take that leap and I knew that I wanted to take it badly. I wanted to make sure that I didn't have to work for anybody else. <laughs> Therefore, I had to get the setup right in order to make sure it was to make it happen. So what did I do? Well, I'm not saying that you go and do this, but it gives you a few good examples of what I did because that's my experience. And I'm hoping that can help you. So what I did is I actually went out, I sold my house. I went and literally moved back in with my parents and maybe you could go and rent somewhere if, if you're in this situation or whatever it might be. But I moved back into my mum's spare bedroom and I went and I used that capital to start my first business. That way I had 50,000 pounds to start with, but also my mortgage was that I no longer had a mortgage and my overheads were reduced by a lot. Now, I know that not everybody can do that. Maybe you haven't got a property, maybe you're not in that position. But what I am saying, which I think is really important to understand, is that when you want to start a business and you've got a passion and you want to make it happen, you are going to have to back yourself. And maybe that comes with you going to get a loan. Maybe you get a 25,000 personal loan, a 50,000 personal loan to start off with. Maybe you do release some equity out of your home. Maybe you use the savings that you've been saving up for a rainy day. Whatever it is, you're going to have to back yourself in the beginning. Now you might say, well, why? Why do I have to back myself in the beginning? The reason you have to back yourself in the beginning is because you won't, when you start, have a proven business model that you know will work, right? So any investor coming and looking at that deal, anyone coming and looking at what you're doing, they're gonna go, okay, well, I like the idea. Let me know how you get on with it. And maybe we'll invest at a later stage. Because no one's gonna go, oh, I love that idea. I'm gonna give you 100,000, 200,000, go and start a business. And why would they, right? Because if you haven't got that experience already and you don't know how to use that money and you haven't got the plan right, how can they trust a brand new business owner to go and spend 100, 200, 300,000 pounds of their hard-earned money? So this is why you as the business owner usually have to back yourself at the start. So you'll need to work out how do you go and back yourself? And I said in the question to Rachel, preparation is key. Look at how much money you think you need, right? Look at how much time you think you need. Look at where you would spend the money, where you would invest the money and go out there and put a plan together for yourself and then go about raising that capital personally in the beginning. Now, if you can raise it on the business, that's ideal. But I see a lot of people saying, well, you're not gonna start a limited company, go out and raise 50,000, 100,000, 150,000 pounds without any trading history. That's why it has to come from you initially from a personal perspective. Now, the other op opportunity or the other option is you could go and you could look at friends and family investing. But if you want to get friends and family invested in your venture, it's not proven, it's difficult. I think what I'm trying to say to you here, which is the bottom line, every business owner that's going to succeed at some point has to back themselves. And start looking at, first of all, how can you back yourself to take yourself into the market before you ask somebody else to back you? Hopefully that helps you and hopefully you can take that on board. Okay, so this one is from Alex Connor. It says, how do I get companies interested in sports sponsorship, especially for racing drivers? A lot of companies will sponsor teams, but not individuals. Now this is, well, the way I'm gonna answer this is this, right? The other week I was watching uh, Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> the other week. And when I was watching Game of Thrones, there was this really important moment um, in the battle of Blackwater Bay. And I thought it was genius. And I think this is what we, you know, hopefully me sharing this kind of experience. Maybe you watch Game of Thrones, maybe you haven't, right? But what happened, and the reason I watched Game of Thrones, I'd just been to Croatia a couple of uh, months earlier, and it reminded me to go and watch it back because I'd been at this bit. And what I saw was awesome, and something that I want to share with you was this, is that at the Battle of Blackwater Bay, Joffrey the King 
is running away from defending the uh, defending the battle, and all the soldiers see him running away, and all of a sudden they think, oh my god, we're doomed. It looks like we're going to lose this battle. It's going to be an absolute nightmare. And Tyrion, which is the dwarf character, comes out, tries to motivate the troops to go and fight. And he's like, hey everybody, you know, don't worry, your king's not running away. We've still got to fight. And all of them ignore him and they're not interested. So what Tyrion does, which is genius, is he switches around and he says, hey, all right, the king's running away. He's afraid. He's worried he's going to get killed. And that's his prerogative. But let me tell you, you're not here to fight for your king. You're not here to fight for anyone except yourself. Because, hey, if we lose this battle, whose homes are getting ransacked? Yours. Whose gold and whose life savings are getting taken out of their homes? Yours. Whose wives and families and children's uh, are going to be exposed to raiders and people coming in and killing and slaughter? Yours. So I don't want you to fight for your king. I want you to fight for yourself because this is your last chance. Otherwise, you're all going to die, right? And they go, right, okay, I've just realized I need to fight. So they all rally up, they fight, and they win. Now, what is this? This is appealing to someone's self-interest, right? And if you want to get people to spot, it doesn't matter if it's a racing team, a racing driver, football team, if you want to get somebody to do something, you have to have a reason what's in it for them. You need to make a more compelling proposition as to why they would want to sponsor this racing driver. And if you can't communicate those benefits, you're not going to get the yeses that you seek. So you need to switch it around and say, hey, what real benefits do people want and how can I deliver these benefits through my medium, which is sponsoring this racing driver? What is the thing that I can do? And if you get that right, then you'll have no problems getting the yes. So my answer is this, start to appeal to people's self-interest. Don't worry about what you want. If you help enough people get what they want, you'll certainly get what you want to start appealing to people's self-interest. Hey everybody, Adam here, and I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is, perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive Academy days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.